This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Many people have lost their jobs and uh, as a result, they are struggling financially due to the effects of uh, the recent COVID-19 pandemic. Last month, Statistics SA revealed that uh, the unemployment rate has risen to 30.1% in 2020, which is an increase by 1.0% from last year, bringing us to a total of 7.1 million unemployed people between the ages of 15 and 64 in South Africa. And during this financially challenging period, it's inevitable that thousands of South Africans will fall victim to various scams in pursuit of making money to pay rent, to buy food and uh, feed their families and over the years we have seen a rise in different money scams disguised as stockfell groups and the one that made headlines not so long ago was the whatsapp stockfell it became very popular last year and it was identified as scam by the national stockfell association of south africa and just when we thought it was all over whatsapp stockfell has now made a comeback under a new name called WhatsApp gifting. And the sad part about this is that many people go to an extent of spending their last money hoping to make a profit from these various schemes, such as the WhatsApp stock fails, the Ponzi schemes, and etc. It is extremely important that people avoid falling victim to frauds and scams exacerbated by pyramid schemes. And until we educate ourselves fully about uh, them, we will keep losing our hard-earned money. Now, to help us better understand pyramid schemes and how we can avoid falling victims of such scams, we are joined by Kevin Simogerere. He is a qualified chartered accountant, tech business development enthusiast, a founder and host of a webinar series called In-App Talks. Good morning, Kevin, and thank you so much for joining us right here on VoFM 88.1. Good morning, Harvey T. Thank you for having me and good morning to your listeners. Now, many South Africans continue to lose their hard-earned money uh, from the pyramid schemes. What are pyramid schemes? Yes, I think we find ourselves in, in, in very unfortunate times, especially given um, the COVID pandemic. And at the same time, there's a lot of economic loss that's happening through the shutdown of businesses through the loss of jobs and the general decline in our economy. So this is putting people into very vulnerable positions where they're not able to obtain their usual financial means due to a lack of financial resources. And, and the, the pyramid scheme has somehow come back in the form of what we call um, the WhatsApp stock fell or WhatsApp gifting. So if we look at the traditional definition of pyramid schemes or Ponzi schemes, um, this, this notion has existed for many, many years. And in essence, what it is, is a type of investment scheme that promises you returns that are far greater than what you would find in the normal and free market. And in exchange for that, you are asked to make a contribution for joining this particular scheme with the promise that in time, if you recruit others to the same scheme, you will get a handsome return, uh, which in many cases would sound unbelievable, but given the creativity of the people who put these schemes onto the market, 
They have very charismatic skills that make you believe that indeed you'll make amazing returns. And in most cases, that is seen to not be true. And, and why is it called a pyramid scheme? Think about it in a way that the initial joiners will be the contributors to the scheme when it kicks off. And they will wait their turn to get money from the new joiners. So in order for people to keep making money, it becomes a growing pyramid where people at the top finance the returns for the ones, or the people at the bottom finance the returns for the people at the top who joined before them. And if this doesn't continue, ultimately the entire structure falls apart because you need so many people at the bottom to join at an increasing rate for the ones who joined at the top to get their returns and get out of the structure. As an investor or a, a participant, what are the signs or the red flags to, to, to look out for when I'm advised to join these uh, various schemes? I think, I think there are various signs to look out for. Uh, first of all, trust your gut. Um, I think in many situations, looking at the feeling that the person who's promoting the scheme invokes in you is a very good one to, to rely on. And you can often see when a story is too good to be true. If it seems too good to be true, it it often is. So initially, what you're going to be sold is a return that is unbelievable. You'll be told you can join for a contribution of 100 rand in return for getting 1,000 rand. And especially within a short space of, of, of time. It could be four days or it could be more but it's normally an unusually short space of time. Um, in recent times, we're hearing of schemes where you're told to contribute a thousand rand and get you know six thousand rand within four or so days. That that's that's quite weird and should raise some flags and is definitely too good to be true. Secondly, you will normally be approached by people who seem to be anonymous or untraceable or who do not have a clear track record. So some of the warning signs is a lot of these schemes are promoted by people who you really can't follow up on or who you can't get references on. And um, that's, that's another red flag to look at. And in, in many other instances, there's, there's no physical infrastructure behind the person or the organization that is promoting the scheme to you. There's either no address or a landline. Um, and, and in many instances, because that physical um, follow-up does not exist, that that should also raise some, some flags because in most cases you should be able to, to trace physically where people are coming from or where their businesses are situated as part of typical registration uh, legislative requirements. Um, then the other thing is in terms of track record. If, if somebody is promising you a scheme that seems to be amazing and has worked for everybody else, there should be some history. And this is often demonstrated in the form of financial records or financial statements. Something that shows a historical performance to actually demonstrate to you how does happen for other people. This often is not in place with such schemes. And then lastly, if this is a scheme that purports to give you financial returns in return for your investment, um, there are sort of organizations that should, in essence, be registered and have a financial services provider license. And where this does not exist, um, you should ask further questions based on the, the criteria I've mentioned before this one, um, because that, that would be the one element that would really give you some comfort because you can trace that back 
to a credible institution that issues these licenses and therefore can give you more comfort around the legitimacy of the scheme. So without all these factors that I've mentioned, take all of that as, as warning signs and therefore this is a scheme that's likely to be too good to be true. And, and be hard and fast on getting all that information. If it's not there, it's probably best to walk away. Now, last year, the National Stock Fair Association of South Africa warned people against WhatsApp stock fair after thousands of uh, South Africans lost their money uh, through this uh, particular stock fair. And according to the SouthAfrican.com, WhatsApp stock fair is back this year under a new name, a WhatsApp gifted. And first of all, is WhatsApp stock fail a pyramid scheme? I think that's a very interesting question. Um, there are many arguments today, given our current times, that it's not really a pyramid scheme, especially because of the word gifting. When this phenomenon first um, took place last year, around October or so, um, WhatsApp stock fail seems to be misleading. Um, especially because of the word Stockfell. And the National, um, the National Stockfell Association of, of South Africa, NASASA, which you've mentioned, came out to, to sort of pinpoint the fact that the use of the word Stockfell can be misleading because a Stockfell works very differently from the purported WhatsApp Stockfell in that a Stockfell has many processes in place where essentially... For years, communities within South Africa have understood the context within which a stock fell works and therefore has become trustworthy. And the WhatsApp stock fell has somehow borrowed the trust, you know, behind the word stock fell to make people believe in the WhatsApp stock fell movement. And in, in current times, you know, with it being called WhatsApp gifting, there's, there's, a, there's a big problem here in that they're using the word gifting to somehow move away from the typical descriptions of a pyramid. And how you know that works, just to break it down, is essentially people are invited to a group called a WhatsApp gifting group. And there's an order of members in terms of the order in which they joined the particular group. And the people who are in that group are classified in terms of the time in which they've joined and the contribution they've made. So you will join a group and you find a listing of let's say one to 11 members of which the initial six were recruited by the first person called um, let's say Mary. And Mary having recruited the first five people under her at the end of the day now unlocks a new level where now they can unlock a further let's say five or six people. So what happens with this new additional five or six people? They each pay contributions which pay off Mary. And then Mary gets all her money back. And then what does Mary do? Mary gifts the new joiners of the group, meaning person number two, um, who could be Cizwe. Why, why is it called gifting? Because Cizwe now can go and start a new group in that because Mary has, has, has built up her returns, she now exits and hands over to Caesar, and then Caesar starts a new group. And then everybody who joins now has to pay off Caesar his returns, whatever was promised to him. So if he joined for 200 Rand and he was promised 1,000 Rand, he will now stay in until 1,000 Rand is accumulated. And then he will then move on and give to the next person who will then be the leader of the next group. So that's essentially why they're calling it WhatsApp gifting. 
This is still very similar to pyramid schemes. What you're still seeing here is the notion of initial joiners starting an investment scheme which promises amazing returns, which are probably too good to be true, and who rely on the fact that there'll be new joiners who contribute new joining fees to be part of the scheme in order for the initial joiners to take their money and get out of the structure. Now, it's a pyramid scheme because at some point, as you keep forming these new groups, you can't rely on the fact that there will always be new joiners. So when that stops or there aren't enough joiners to pay off the initial joiners at the top of the pyramid, the structure falls apart. And that's why it is still in essence similar to a pyramid scheme or a Ponzi scheme. And therefore it's misleading to say it does not resemble a pyramid scheme. And, and do people make money from uh, WhatsApp Stockfell? Is it lucrative? I cannot speak specifically to whether a, one can make money or not. Um, however, I can attest to some public sources which have referenced um, activity that has happened in relation to WhatsApp stock files or WhatsApp gifting. There are people who've attested publicly to making money, and there are those who've attested publicly to losing money, essentially being scammed. So I think it's possible that, yes, there are people who've made money, but at the same time, there's evidence to the fact that there are people who've been scammed. And why is this the case? Based on the explanation I've given you of how a pyramid or Ponzi scheme works, the initial participants in such movements or such structures or groups will, in essence, get their money back. But at some point along the journey, there are later joiners who will not get their money back because they won't be able to keep up the required momentum to recoup the initial investments that they made. And by the time that happens, the initial investors or the initiators of this particular group of movement will be long gone. So I guess it's possible. Based on public sources, you can make money, but also it's possible that you might not make money. So it's a big risk. Consider what it is you are seeking to achieve and do not be misled. And how, how different is WhatsApp stock fail from a traditional stock fail? So the big difference, and also based on reference to, to NASASA, the National Stock, stock Fell uh, Association of South Africa, is that, first of all, stock fails have been tried and tested over years. And there is track record to that. There is about 11 million or so members of stock fails within South Africa. And stock fails were essentially brought about to assist members of society who would traditionally not be able to access banking services or financial services um, in, in a way that would, see, um, would be suitable to their circumstances. So Stockfells gave them that access to financial investing. Um, and at the end of the day, it's been proven in terms of the track record it has built and the trust that it has sort of put between the people who've participated in these structures. So traditional stock fails over time have developed types of governing bodies who are governed by a constitution. Typically each stock fell formally or informally has some kind of operating agreement or constitution which stipulates the rules of how that stock fell is going to be run. All the members of that stock fell have roles in terms of how do they contribute? And at the same time, how do they participate in the decisions made by that stock fell 
to accumulate money, to pay out, to make investments, and so on. And all of that is governed within a transparent process. And in most cases, it's done by people who are known to each other and people who can be physically present to each other and people who can therefore be traced. However, when it comes to WhatsApp gifting groups or WhatsApp stock fails, quite often what happens, because they are similar to pyramid schemes in nature, in order for them to keep going and to keep growing and give people returns that have been promised, which are in most cases too good to be true, it ends up in a situation where strangers are introduced to each other in these groups. Strangers become the initiators of these groups and recruit other strangers. And therefore, they are anonymous in most situations or are untraceable or they are in positions where if anything is to go wrong, it's not easy to hold them accountable. So what happens? Somebody could invite you on social media or could invite you over WhatsApp and therefore a WhatsApp link is sent to you to join this group. Once you get into this group, there are people in most cases who you will not know. The initiator or the person who's in charge of that WhatsApp group will probably be the WhatsApp group admin at that point in time. But all you know about that person is the purported name that they've given to people in that group and the cell phone number. And beyond that, as a lay person, that's the only sort of track of accountability you have back to that person who has invited you to the WhatsApp group or who's in charge of that WhatsApp group. So what happens when things go wrong? It's just a matter of the owner of that group disappearing. And it's just a cell phone number at the end of the day. So typically what happens is that number therefore does not exist beyond the moment that that person has exited and essentially disappeared. So that's the key difference. There is no constitution, there is no agreement, there is no democratic process of meetings and votings that need to happen. It is essentially just a gamble where you're brought together with strangers and you just need to believe that you will get your money back by participating with these strangers and sending money off to people you essentially cannot track if they disappear. And, and where do I go for help after being scammed? So it's complex at this point in time. There are various voices in society that are first of all trying to educate people about the dangers of, of such movements, especially during this pandemic where we are in very tough circumstances and many people are desperate to find ways to accumulate money, accumulate savings in order to fund their, their needs, um, especially their essential needs. So what happens in this, in this, at this point is because many people are in a, a position of, of desperation, there, there are not many avenues that they'd be aware of in terms of where would they get help if they get scammed. And also they might not be aware of their rights because they may think that by joining such um, a, a movement, they've potentially incriminated themselves, which I would assume is possible. Um, and without the, the, the right legal advice, one may not be aware of what their rights and obligations are. So they're one of two ways, depending on what your profile is as the participant in, in that particular WhatsApp group or WhatsApp stock flow or WhatsApp gifting sort of movement. First of all, because it's based on a technological platform called WhatsApp, if you come to a point where you believe that it is not a legitimate group, you can report the group to WhatsApp. 
So there's a function built into WhatsApp which allows you to report a group. However, what will that do? It will essentially disable the group on your WhatsApp platform. You will be exited. You'll no longer have access and the group will continue without you. And there are background processes for WhatsApp as a company owned by Facebook to follow up on such reports. However, within the, the laws of our country and the operating agreements on, on WhatsApp as, as an entity, that can only be left up to you know, WhatsApp as an entity to actually follow up what happens um, in that WhatsApp group. If you happen to have more information about the participants of that group or the group admins, you may, I would assume, and based on advice from your, your legal advisor or lawyer, you may be able to pursue um, the police or any other law enforcement uh, bodies or authorities that would be able to come to your assistance. So in essence, I would say those are the, the avenues one would be able to follow up if something has gone wrong in relation to you joining these activities. But first and, and, and foremost, please educate yourself about these schemes before you get into them and be wary of the consequences of promoting something that could potentially be construed as or defined as illegal at the end of the day um, or, or not being appropriate or being misleading to others because there are consequences to you knowingly or unknowingly so please do your homework before you join such movements. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us right here on VoFM 88.1. I am immensely grateful for your time. And uh, with the schedule of uh, job losses taking place in South Africa, it's very, very pivotal uh, to warn people about such schemes and uh, scams because of uh, we have thousands and thousands of people that are looking for financial relief. Thank you so much for having me, Tato. Uh, this was an interesting topic to, to speak on, and I hope to speak to you again further in the near future. That was uh, Kevin Simogerere. He is a qualified chartered accountant, tech business development enthusiast, a founder and host of uh, a webinar series called In-App Talks. He joined us to talk to us about pyramid schemes and how we can avoid falling victims of such scams. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1 or streams via www.vafm.co.za.